You're listening to Weight Loss for Life Coaches, Episode 58, with Master Certified Life and Weight Loss Coach, Paige Bowman. Welcome to Weight Loss for Life Coaches, the weekly podcast for coaches who are growing their coaching business and on their weight loss journey. Each week, we'll be tackling why weight loss feels hard and how to make hitting your weight loss goal the simplest thing you do all day. and welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about emotional eating, what it means to emotionally eat, and the best part, what to do about it. This past week, I coached like three or four clients on specifically emotionally eating when they're bored. And if you haven't listened to the episode, on embracing boredom, you have to go listen to it. I will put the link in the show notes or just go to the Weight Loss for Life Coaches podcast and type in embracing boredom. It's so good. I think it's an underestimated emotion in the sense of like, we don't think about that one when we think about emotional eating or managing our emotions, but it's one that comes up a lot. And it got me thinking about this idea of emotional eating. And I remembered I've been wanting to talk about this on the podcast. And so definitely go listen to Embracing Boredom. And the book that that's from, it's called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And I talk about it in that podcast. But it reminded me of, yeah, I definitely want to talk about emotional eating on the podcast. And (laughs) After coaching so many people on emotional eating for boredom, I thought now is the perfect time. So today we're going to talk about what emotional eating is. And I was really thinking about why do I like to explain what things are and their importance. And for this, I was really thinking about what I think is a secret ingredient to your weight loss journey, and especially losing weight the simple way, right? Maintainably and doably. I think it's understanding why you overeat. So understanding why you emotionally eat and what that means, I think, and I'll explain to you in this episode why, makes losing weight and maintaining your weight loss way easier than not knowing what emotional eating is and really understanding it. Okay, so Before I tell you what emotional eating is, I want you to think about it for a second. Think about what emotional eating means to you and how would you define it in your own terms based on your knowledge, whether it's because you're a weight loss coach yourself or a health and wellness coach, or if it's because where you got certified as a coach teaches you about emotional eating or You've been in the mindset world for a little while and emotion world where this is a big part of the conversation is emotional eating or emotional buffering. So think about what you would term as emotional eating in your own words. And then I'm going to tell you what emotional eating is and the way I explain it. So now that you've thought about that while I talked about it, I want to tell you my definition and that is eating to prolong or avoid 
or in reaction to an emotion. So let's break each of those down. Let's go to prolong. So let's say you are really excited because you're going to Disney next week and you're talking to your husband about it and your friends about it and you're super excited and you just feel really good and you have joy and happiness and excitement in your body and you go into the kitchen and you grab some ice cream and you grab a spoon and some some caramel syrup and you fix you a bowl and you're just chatting away and you're eating ice cream and it just all feels so good. This is an example of eating, emotional eating to prolong an emotion. This is actually one that I've had to work through. When I work with my clients in my one-on-one program, we work through all of these and some people do more of one or or maybe a couple, but there's always one that is easier to overcome or they don't do it as much. And there's always one that they do more often. And this is gonna go more into what we're gonna talk about later with why it's important to know what emotional eating is. And so you know what you're doing when you're doing it and therefore how to actually solve for it. But yeah, prolonging an emotion. You're feeling joy and you want to keep feeling joy and you feel joy when you eat ice cream. The second one, I think I said avoid. So emotional eating is one of the definitions is to avoid an emotion. So an example of eating to avoid an emotion might be... This is, I'm going to use myself as an example here. When I started with my, working with my first one-on-one coach, we found that I experienced a lot of anxiety when it came to my relationships with people. And what we realized was one of the reasons that I was overeating just in this exploration of myself and her coaching me and working through this, it was a lot of people-pleasing and what the way I termed it was manipulating people's emotions to keep me at peace, right? Keep my anxiety at bay. I would want to keep someone from getting upset so then I wouldn't feel anxious. So there was a lot of people pleasing going on. And what we found was, oh, that's one of those times I overeat or I, I emotionally eat is when I'm feeling anxious because there's a conflict in one of my relationships and I wouldn't want to feel anxious. And what we found is I would either leave the, you know, the place that I was at, the conversation, etc., to avoid feeling anxiety, or I would eat to avoid feeling anxiety. So there'd be this pit in my stomach, this heaviness in my chest, and I just couldn't stand it. So I ate to make that go away. And there were times where I couldn't eat. I was so anxious. But this is one that I see with a lot of my clients is they eat to avoid an emotion. They really don't want to feel upset or tired as one, bored, like I was just talking about, anxious. It's an emotion that the way it shows up and presents itself in the body, we are uncomfortable with and deemed bad or a problem or negative and we want to make it go away so we eat so that's the second definition of emotional eating and this is Paige's definition just from the years of studying and the way I've narrowed it down now the third one you could just leave off you could say it's either to prolong or avoid an emotion but I like to think about how I also react to certain emotions by eating 
And again, we're going to go into this, but understanding what emotional eating is really to like these deep, deep levels makes losing weight and maintaining it a lot easier because the more you understand the problem, the easier it is to find the actual solution rather than throwing a bandaid on it because you don't really know what's going on. You just want to stop doing it for a while. So reacting to an emotion by eating might look like I feel bored and Maybe it's not only that I don't want to feel it, but this is what I tend to do when I'm bored. This is my reaction to bored. If you were using the self-coaching model from the life coach school, where you'd fill in the lines of the model look like this, starts with the C line, the circumstances, and then you have your thought about the circumstance, your feeling that's created by your thought, the actions you do or don't do from the feelings, and the results that your actions create. So if you put bored in the F line, in the feelings line, you might find yourself eating. That might be one of the actions you take when you're bored. And yes, it might be to avoid that emotion, but it might just be also a habit that you've created over time. And I think that's important to point out that when you have boredom in your body or when you're thinking I'm bored, you automatically walk to the kitchen. Because again, like I was saying earlier, and I will continue to say, the more we understand the problem, the easier it is to solve. So imagine sitting at your desk, and I hear this from coaches a lot, that especially when they own their own business and they're marketing and they're writing copy and they're doing the tedious work of getting better at writing copy, is they'll tell me that they're focusing and it feels hard. And anytime they feel like overwhelmed or frustrated or confused while they're writing copy, they get up and they go to the kitchen. And I would call that maybe both avoiding the focusing on the copy and what emotion that presents in the body, but also in reaction to overwhelmed or frustrated. And this was also me at one point. And so, Emotional eating looks like reacting to an emotion by eating. So emotional eating, simple definition, eating to prolong, avoid, or react to an emotion. If these are the definitions, this is what emotional eating is, then you can see why dieting, for example, doesn't work. Dieting is not solving for the problem of eating in reaction to an emotion or to avoid an emotion. Dieting has you mainly changing your food. This is what I love so much about the coaching world and learning about mindset and emotions. And I'll tell you, I was in the counseling world for a while as a student and as an intern, I never got my license. I never took it that far, but I studied a lot. And I remember having my own stuff with weight loss and emotional eating, although I wouldn't have called it that at the time. And I remember thinking, I know it's not really about the dieting. I know there's more to it, but I couldn't put my finger on it, even though I was in the psychology world. And mainly the focus that psychology or counseling at the time, this was years ago, but at the time it was, if we're going to talk about food, it's because there's an eating disorder involved. 
and we're going to take a look at it if you've been diagnosed. Otherwise, it's not really a conversation that you have in therapy. And I didn't think to bring it up because it wasn't something we were taught to talk about is emotional eating. But I knew because I was around people who thought about the brain and the mindset so much that there was probably something going on there, but I didn't know. So it wasn't until I came into the coaching world and I learned about things like buffering, like eating or watching TV or drinking to buffer away from your human experience, whether it's your thoughts or your feelings, etc. And then I was like, oh, this is where my mindset comes into play. This is where, wait, oh yeah, emotions come into play. Okay. And it really clicked for me because I was like, I know the actual problem now. And this is why diets weren't working. So if you, like me, know diets don't work, but I still haven't figured out, here's the other piece to this and here's why this is so important. A lot of the times I hear from my clients who are coaches or other coaches, I have a lot of peers in the coaching community, and they'll tell me that weight loss feels different. Or, and this is really what a lot of times they're thinking, is there's something wrong with me. I know this mindset stuff, I know this emotion stuff, but I haven't figured out what to do about it when it comes to weight loss. Think about this. If you're thinking there's something wrong with you and that's the problem, then you got to go find the solution to fix whatever's wrong with you to be able to lose weight. Right? I mean, think about it. If the reason you haven't lost weight yet or you're not eating only according to what your body needs is because there's something wrong with you. Now our job is to go find what's wrong with you. <laughs> that sucks. No one wants to go have someone help them find what's wrong with them. Right? So if the problem is not that there's something wrong with you, but that you eat to avoid, prolong, or react to an emotion, now we just solve for that rather than trying to figure out what's wrong with you and solve for that. This is your powerful ingredient to your weight loss journey. I'm talking to you. I'm really focusing on you who's listening to this. This is the key. The power is in your hands when you know why you're eating when you're not hungry or why you're overeating past full. And, and I want to caveat I know there, there might be other things. There's hormone stuff that's really important when it comes to weight loss and listening to your body's needs. And there may be medical stuff. And so I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that those things aren't valid. But if you know that when I explained the definition and I went into examples that that's you, whether it's prolonging, avoiding, or reacting, this is good news. This means that you really know the why and what's going on. And when you know the why and what's going on, then you can solve for that thing very specifically. Okay, this next thing I'm going to tell you, I think might change your life. <laughs> okay, because if we understand why, and I get this a lot too, and we know then the solution is to work on your mindset, to work on your emotions. I get this a lot. Is, well, 
it sounds easy, so why haven't I figured it out yet? Or I should be able to figure it out. This should be easy. And then you find more reasons to think about there being something wrong with you. Like it, it kind of like your brain's like, oh, okay, it's emotional eating. But then you automatically go back into like, there's something wrong with me mode. Okay. So it is simple understanding the problem and knowing the solution mindset work. And I, I'm saying mindset work and emotional work because that is really what it is. And this is the work I do with my clients. And if you're a coach, you probably do this work with your clients. Like you understand that work, but what might make it hard, what's hard about solving for emotional eating is so much of, especially if you do one or three of these things, so much of what we've attached to food is things like, this is my comfort. This is my whoopee. This is what makes me feel safe. This is what makes me feel like home and this being food. Okay. It's one thing to know that you're emotionally eating and it's important to know that. But then the other thing is, if you are someone who emotionally eats, you might really have food tied up in this comfort, safety, pleasure, joy bow. And that that's what takes the grace and the compassion to unravel and detach. And listen, you're not alone. We live in a society, and I say we, I mean all of us in the world, live in a culture, no matter where you are, where food is an important part of your society, where you live, your family. And of course, food is important as a human being, But I think we take it to the next level when we're like, you're sick, you're sad, let me feed you. (laughs) Whether you're in America or you're in India or you're in the Netherlands, (laughs) this is probably the answer is let me feed you. There's stuff going on. Let me feed you. So if that's true and if you're the caveat and you live somewhere where that's not the case, then (laughs) my bad. (laughs) But really think about and take this take this time to really think about what food was meant to you or what you were taught to think about food growing up what did food mean to your family what did food mean to those around you now if you're not one of those people that food meant comfort or safety you might find that you don't emotionally eat but i'm talking to people who do emotionally eat who do think about comfort and safety and home and relief and peace and calm when it comes to food. And they've really tied these things up with food. Okay. Because I want you to know that is what will make solving for emotionally eating hard. If you're not aware of it, it's not that it's hard because you've tied it up together. And because you were taught to, I don't think that's what makes it hard. I think what makes it hard is when you're trying to solve for emotional eating and not really having the care for yourself and the compassion for yourself that you would if you really understood what's going on. Because think about this. I'm thinking of little two-year-old Timmy who loves his pacifier and that is his whoopee. I mean, literally whoopee is like a safety blanket, right? 
and he's got his his pacifier and you know how much it means to him and when he has it he feels like he's safe he's at peace right and it's time to give up the pacifier and how much compassion do you have with timmy you take it away and he starts crying and you feel bad for him and you just know poor thing he just wants his passy right you have so much grace and compassion for him and if you treated yourself like that when you started changing food around or started allowing your emotions instead of giving into them with food or prolonging them with food and you knew this and you had grace and compassion for yourself, I promise it wouldn't feel as hard and you would stop thinking there's something wrong with you. You would be like, oh, of course this feels terrible. I'm changing what has felt like comfort and peace for so long. This makes sense. And I'm going to be there for myself even more because I understand this. And Paige told me, to have grace and compassion. So I'm going to. My clients say that sometimes. Well, you told me to, so I did it. (laughs) I want you thinking about what food means to you, why you go to food, what emotion might you be prolonging or reacting to or avoiding. And I want to give you an example with from one of my clients this week. Here's what it looks like to take this work deeper in an example form and how it's a lot easier to solve for the emotional eating when you're clear about I'm someone who does this and I understand why. So she came to me and she told me that she overate and she did it because she was bored. So I asked her, well, why did you eat? To get just more specific. And she said that food helps her focus And when she focuses, the boredom goes away. And this is where, because we know what emotional eating is, we broke it down. And I really said, tell me exactly how food helps you with boredom. And so I had her break down what she thought was happening. So she said, food provides comfort and solves emotional issues. Food releases dopamine the textures and the temperatures of the food in my mouth distracts me from feeling bored and the thoughts I'm having. So what we did was we broke down, okay, well, what's actually happening? Why did you go for the food? And then we also talked about what is it about boredom that you want to make it go away? And so that that breakdown, so we got to say, okay, so the first thought you have is food provides comfort or solves emotional issues. And we said, is it true? Is it true that food provides comfort or is that a belief you've held for a long time and it's still there, not a problem, but we just got to ask ourselves, is it true that food solves emotional issues? And if it's not, what do we want to think about it moving forward? And so when you think about, and because I'm telling you to think about it, this being the powerful ingredient to your weight loss journey, this is what I'm talking about is breaking down one piece of overeating. Why did I eat that thing when I wasn't hungry? Well, because I didn't want to feel X. Okay. And listen, I know you do this with your clients. I know you break things down. (laughs) You get really specific, just like your coach would with you. So I want you to treat yourself like your client in this way. Really get curious 
and have compassion for yourself and take it slow and get to know what the things you're thinking about emotions and food are so you can solve those beliefs rather than thinking there's something wrong with you or that throwing everything out of the house is going to solve it. And just like with my client, we found the thought, we found the belief that we're going to be working on that food solves emotional issues. And that one may take some unraveling, but we're going to have compassion and grace along the way. And we know what the solution is. And it's no more that there's something wrong with her or that she can't figure it out. No, we know what the problem is and we know what the solution is. And of course, with my client, we talked about, you know, this is just a little insight, but we talked about her thoughts about boredom and why she feels like she needs to distract from that. And that was really good to just take that conversation deeper. There is a podcast on emotions. Of course, there's a podcast on emotions on my on my podcast. There's an episode on the podcast about emotions. So I will put that, I'll find it and I'll put that link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to an episode I've done on the podcast on emotions and on feelings. So you can take that deeper as well in the way that I think about it and I talk about it. But really this conversation is allowing yourself enough space and being in curiosity and just questioning, why am I eating this thing? What emotion might I try to be prolonging, avoiding, or reacting to? And why is that? What is it that I think about food? Was it What is it that I think about emotions? And go from there. Okay, I didn't know if I was going to share this on the podcast, but we're friends here. <laughs> so this happened recently. This is me. This is my example. And I just want to share with you what it's like to continue to do this work, even at your weight loss goal. And I am someone who paired food to comfort, and I have for a long time. And I only recently, in the last couple of years, started detaching that. And I think that will take some more unraveling, and that will take just being curious, like I'm teaching you and I'm talking to you about here on the podcast. And then being willing to do the work to change some of those beliefs and get more comfortable with my emotions as time goes on. And so I wanted to share what this looks like to continue to be working on this even after hitting my weight loss goal and just being in maintenance. So I found myself eating these pop chips. They're like corn chips that look like Doritos, but they're not. And they were like kettle corn, like sweet and salty. And I was eating those and I picked them up. I was not hungry. I was eating them and I was definitely emotional eating. And I was driving in the car and I was like, okay, why am I eating these? And the next question I said is just to get more specific with myself is what emotion am I avoiding or reacting to? And then I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm prolonging an emotion. So I just really, I was eating, listen, y'all, I was eating the pop chips, but at the same time, I was like, what emotion am I not willing to feel right now that I'm eating these to avoid or eating in reaction to. And I just sat there while I was eating. I was like, okay, 
I don't want to feel disappointment, um, which might come up, which would come up if I stopped eating. I don't want to feel, I think it was restless, restless or bored. Restless is one I've been working on for a while and I'm getting more comfortable with, but it's still there and I still have thoughts about it being uncomfortable. And the other one was I wanted help to feel focused because I was thinking about something on my drive and I found myself distracting myself and I was like, well, if I eat something, I'll have that to distract me so I can be focused. Here's my brain, (laughs) y'all. But I thought this might be helpful for any of you who are like me. So I'm eating these pop trips and while I'm eating them, I'm like, okay, I'm not willing to feel disappointment. I think that eating will help me feel more focused. And and now I can't remember the third one that I said, but oh, I don't want to feel restless. That's what it was. So I just have these in my head and I put a pin in them and I finished eating and I kept driving. And then I thought, okay, which one do we want to self-coach on? Or which one do we want to get coached on coming up soon? And this is a perfect example of me being an imperfect human who knows this stuff, right? I quote unquote know this stuff, but I still have overeats or emotional eats because I'm still doing the work on detaching emotions from food. And instead of while I'm eating or after I'm eating, shaming myself and getting down on myself and while I'm eating, just judging and berating myself, what I'm doing is just taking the opportunity to be super curious and then take note of it and coach myself on why I think eating will help me not feel restless to really find those thoughts underneath there and take those to my coach or self-coach on those. So I wanted to share that because this is an example of quote unquote, knowing the things and still having emotional eats and how it can look to have your back and be curious with yourself, just like you would with a client and still be working on the journey and still making changes to your beliefs. And so there's a little snippet into my brain, (laughs) into what it looks like to have emotional eats sometimes and what to do about them and how it could sound. And I promise that I did not beat myself up. I really mean it. And this, I think what we're talking about today is a big reason why. Because I understand why I pair emotions or not wanting to feel emotions to food. Because of everything we talked about today, because of what I was taught when I was younger, because I live in a society where you eat to feel better. And so I want you to think about Treating yourself in this way, where you're like, I understand why and have so much, the theme of this episode, as I'm thinking about it, is grace and compassion, right? I have so much grace and compassion for myself. I understand what emotional eating is and why. So when I find myself doing it, I can pause and I can ask myself, well, what, what's going on here? What emotion am I not willing to feel? Why do I think food is going to help this? Jot those thoughts down. And then take one of those and work on those. The problem is never that there's something wrong with you or that you should be able to figure it out. So solve for what's wrong with you and go fix that. The problem is emotional eating, the definition of that and what we've tied food to. And the solution is mindset work, emotional work, unraveling what we think 
food is all about and what we use food for. All right, you all, that is the emotional eating episode of the podcast. It was about time we had an episode on emotional eating, and here it is. If you love this episode, leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform and share this episode with someone that is a coach like you and would love to hear what emotional eating really means and how useful it is to understand that. And they would be so grateful for you for sharing it. If you want help with emotional eating, understanding it for yourself, taking it that much deeper so that hitting your 25 or 50 pound weight loss goal really does feel simple, maintainable and doable, get on my consult call calendar. You can schedule that by going to pagebowman.com services or and click book your consult call and we'll talk about what it would be like to work together and to master managing your emotions and detaching all this stuff around food so that food just gets to be food. You manage your emotions and you get to your weight loss goal and maintain it with ease. That is it for this week. I will catch you all later. Have a great one, you all. Bye.